guys. I am flying solo tonight. Jen has other things going on, but I wanted to come on and share my thoughts, uh, particularly with what's going on with Tyree Nichols, which obviously is a huge story. In addition to that, um, I was just on Status Quo uh, Megastream with Jordan Jarrettin. Uh, he, he did an amazing job, obviously, uh, you know, raising money for on-the-ground reporting, which is extremely important. Uh, Lord knows we need to be building the left circles as strongly as we can over the next several years because it's going to take some time. Um, but we definitely need to get our act together as far as that goes. And we had a very... Uh, very festive conversation, I would call it. It was. It's definitely worth checking out. Uh, just go to Status Quo News and take a look. Um, you know, we've got probably, I, I think our conversation was probably like an hour and a half. So it was pretty long. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of things that were covered. I, of course, was on the son of the Bernie Sanders. But then it became an, uh, just a conversation with the two of us. And it became pretty lively. And I would say that the primary focus of the conversation is really about how so much of the independent media circuit really doesn't work together or they're not really supporting the type of the type of things that are very you know useful to to the current moment that we're living in and so Thank you, Paris. It's great to see you as well. I apologize. I am a busy man. I am doing commercial real estate, and that has really taken up a lot of my focus. Uh, yeah, we need a multi-news network that is going to help. And even if you're not necessarily part of a multi-news network, you know, Jordan obviously couldn't bring everybody on today uh, to help raise money for on-the-ground coverage of the Tyree Nichols story that's going on in Memphis right now. He has people on the ground that are there. Uh, my guess is, is that they'll probably go live again today because this is obviously a story that is not going away. Uh, make sure to smash that like button, subscribe, get it out there to everybody if you can. Uh, but the important thing to remember is that the people that need the, the coverage, the, the, the message that must be conveyed that is of the utmost importance right now, you're only going to get that if you're listening to status quo news. You're not going to get that anywhere else. So on the ground reporting is very key. Now, of course, today Jordan did an amazing mega stream. I was very grateful to be a part of it. I was one of, I think, six or seven guests that he had on to help raise the channel money. And hopefully those of you who may even potentially be new uh, to generational change, we hope you enjoy it. Uh, this is not normally how the show goes, but we do Monday and Wednesday live streams at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Double K, love you. One of our most amazing supporters. I'm sure she checked out Jordan's stream today. You know, one of the things that I mentioned on the stream today, which was very important, you know, people have, especially in certain left circles, have very strong opinions about Crystal Ball and Nina Turner. And what I find so interesting is that while it's so easy to just you know, cut and run, so to speak, when it comes to those that you don't necessarily agree with 100% of the time. That's a big problem on the left. Uh, what I would say is without question, to me, more than anything else, how you measure a person when it comes to their involvement in the movement, are they there to help people that are truly making a difference? Jordan Chariton and Status Quo News are definitely making a difference. So today, he did his first mega stream, and Crystal was his first main guest, and 
before I came on, his main guest was Nina Turner. Those are two people that will go to great lengths to help Jordan raise money to do on the ground reporting that is completely unbiased, that is directly related to helping the working class of this country that are suffering mightily. They took time out of their day to help him. That made all the difference in the world. It really did. Jordan was able to raise over $6,000 today. I'll take some credit for that money being raised. You know how it is. All kidding aside, it was a very successful uh, mega stream. Very happy to see that he was able to raise that amount. I hope they're able to double it up tomorrow and get to that $12,000, $13,000 range. Hell, maybe they get really lucky in between now and the end of Sunday, they get to $15,000. They shouldn't have to do mega streams like that in order to raise that kind of money. But if it's going to help them continue to get the coverage that's needed for the stories that matter the most, then, you know, you do what you have to do. And I'm very grateful, like I said, that he had me on. Uh, we did our bit. You know, I was Bernie Sanders. You guys will let me know if you enjoyed it. Uh, remember, right now, smash that like button, share, get this out there to everybody. We certainly hope a number of people will tune in just to, you know, cover my thoughts regarding what has happened today. But as I said, when it comes to Nina Turner and when it comes to Crystal Ball, give them credit. Because if Jordan needs help, they're there. They will spread the word. They will help him raise money. I don't see a lot of the other people out there in independent media doing the same thing because Jordan's actually on the ground. He's actually helping people. That makes a big difference. You put your money where your mouth is. And even if any of you that are in independent media, and we know that a number of them are going to be hearing about this because I had a little rant before I couldn't help it. Uh, for those of you on your channels, you so-called claim to really care about the populist left movement, especially for labor, if that's really the case. You know, to me, it would say a lot about each and every one of you, if you at least give a shout out to what Jordan is doing right now and to at least suggest to people, check out the mega stream tomorrow from 12 to 3 p.m., it would really help out a lot in terms of what he's trying to do. Just making that statement alone could go a really long way, even if you're not going to be a part of the stream. Danny, for you, I will do it. I don't really care much as far as Jordan and any of these other guys are concerned. Uh, we've destroyed this country uh, and certainly not for the better. So with that said, uh, Clinton's reign supreme forever and that's not going to change. So there you go. There's your Bill Clinton. Uh, for Water Witch, you can go to and, and Water Witch, please join us on YouTube if you can. Go to status uh, uh, Double K, uh, can you post, if, if, um, I think it's statuscoup.com forward slash join. I think that's it. Whoever can uh, put that up, obviously would appreciate it. Uh, so with that said, uh, I also was the senator from Vermont. I made sure to go on there and talk about the importance of this movement and why you must unite with non-corporate media. It's very important. So there's your Bernie Sanders. So again, like I said, smash that like button. Make sure you get this out. You know, like I said, just wanted to come on briefly and just share a couple of thoughts. You know, when everyone is talking about what's going on with Tyree Nichols, and of course it's not getting anywhere near the traction that it would if this was a bunch of white police officers that had killed him. Here's the bottom line. We need to end qualified immunity in the within policing in the United States. If you want the silver bullet, 
that is going to make a difference. There's no one definitive way to end the way that policing is done in the country, because let's be honest, the majority of policing where it really matters is done for the sake of protecting property. That's what it's about. Uh, uh, you know, to me, uh, it, it really would make a big difference. Lana, uh, please join us on YouTube if you can. Uh, I understand the concerns that some may have. Uh, Jordan doing a fundraiser right now. Uh, no, this was planned in advance, and it just so happened that Jordan was able to get uh, people on the ground in Cop City, in Georgia, which was big. And then obviously we know what happened with Tyree Nichols. Uh, get them over to Memphis. Uh, Memphis uh, from Cop City, which I think is just outside of Atlanta, is about eight hours, I think, somewhere around there. So they had, uh, they obviously made the trip. Uh, you know, right now, uh, Double K, you're, you're, you're too much. We, we really love you. you. It means the world. It really does. You know, if you're, if you are an independent media like we are, and your mission is similar to what we're trying to do, you know that when you tune into our show, we are not going to get into the world of gossip and berating of other shows. Yeah, I understand Jordan. You know, he got a little heated before regarding that. But for me, I have a very definitive attitude when it comes to shows that are not on the same mission. Don't waste your time with them. If they are not part of the mission to help specifically with labor, uh, that to me more than anything else is really what it's about. You know, you have to decide what exactly this movement means to you. For me, you know, I'm, I'm in this specifically because I believe, I, I really do, I believe that the only way we are going to save ourselves, well, that is way too bright. Okay, that's better. Um, the only way we're going to save ourselves is if we are able to create some type of a non of an unstoppable labor movement. And that is going to be very uh, cross-sectional regarding the political spectrum. And, you know, you can't... Uh, you can't get bogged down in the conversations like Jordan was really getting bogged down at the end of our conversation regarding COVID and how people feel about the mandates and responses and all that. I'm a civil libertarian. Um, I am very much on the populist left. I believe that if you can get the vaccine and you want to get it, you should. If you don't want to get it, that's your prerogative as well. You don't have to. And I do not believe in mandates. I believe in being as safe as humanly possible. And I believe, always believe, that if we had universal health care and a living wage, this never would have been anywhere near as disastrous as it ended up being. But of course, we don't have those things, even though the president of the United States has the authority to execute quite a few of those things if necessary. It isn't just canceling student debt, although that does matter. But what's the point of canceling student debt if you don't have tuition free public college and trade schools? There's no point because the same problem will just you know, recycle itself over and over again. You have to have tangible issues uh, brought to the forefront and then executed. So if in reality we were to have tuition-free public college and trade schools, then canceling all the student debt would make complete sense. And so in addition to that, 
We've been in a healthcare emergency, could have expanded Medicare to everybody as part of that. It is actually written into the Social Security Clause. Uh, it's been there forever, uh, since like 1935. Uh, so that could be done. Uh, decriminalize all narcotics, legalize cannabis, make sure that home grow is allowed. Again, this is the part of being libertarian left that is very important. Uh, but again, the labels don't really mean anything. Uh, you know, when everyone talks about, and Purse is correct, you know, we could give everyone a wage and double K is right. We have to educate the workforce. Here's what you have to remember. And this is what's most important. No one wants to work or, or want, generally speaking, wants to work menial, you know, minimum wage jobs, even if the minimum wage was a living wage. I don't think most people want to be, you know, working a cash register if they had a choice. I think most people would love to learn a skill if they could. I think most people would love to be working as part of projects that really make a difference. As part of independent media, it is our job to get that message out there to as many people as we can, to let them know just how vital these primary issues really are. People want to have a skill. Double Case, one of our best supporters, she was a union person for decades. I'm sure most people would love to be able to learn a skill if they could. You know, when you think of Scandinavia, which is one of the most left progressive, very highly taxed parts of the world. But what you have to remember is that they don't even have a minimum wage. They just have a, a super majority of their population that are part of unions. So they get what they're worth. And they have universal health care, universal education, much cleaner environment than we do. They don't have endless war. Yeah. I know it kind of all adds up, doesn't it? And so when it comes to independent media and what we need to be doing in terms of how we unite independent media, if you know of any channels that you support and they are not talking about let's say workers strike back, what Shama Sawant is spearheading right now. To me, you almost have to question what exactly is it that they're in it for? You know, we got into a very thorough discussion regarding Jimmy Dore. And to me, the most important thing to remember regarding Jimmy is he will have really great takes on a number of issues. And then he'll have ridiculous takes on others. But most importantly of all, it's all about him and what he's trying to do, which is win at this game, this grifting game of independent media. And if you guys think Jimmy's bad, my God, when you discover how much money Steven Crowder was trying to ink his name to, I mean, that's unbelievable. But really, it isn't. It pays to just bitch and complain about a whole bunch of different stuff instead of getting to the tangible ironclad reasons that we're in this predicament that we're in right now. Corporate special interests have completely captured our government. Completely. You're not going to hear, with few exceptions, of course, you're not going to hear from anybody on CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News talking about how we need to end qualified immunity in order to deal with police reform. No one is going to 
be able to quantify what it means to police the police. The only people who can police the police are the police. That's the only way. It will not happen any other way. The police will take care of their own. But the second you remove the financial shield that has been levied for them to protect bad cops, that's when it will change. The second you make it so that you are not allowed to hide behind the shield, if the you know officer in question, the priest, the precinct in question, is practitioners and impropriety, then it'll change fast. Right now, qualified immunity basically protects from civil litigation against police departments, and so the taxpayers have to foot the bill when something like Tyree uh, Tyree Nichols happens. Because their family is going to seek justice, not just criminally, but civilly as well. And you know who's going to pay? The citizens of Memphis. That's who's going to pay. Not the police, not the Memphis Police Department, even though they're the ones that should. If you take qualified immunity out of the equation, well, then the financial burden's on the police. And you better believe that the good, honest cops will not defend the bad cops anymore. Not if it's in the middle of their bread. That they will not stand for. That's how you're going to change it. To me, that's the most important thing to remember. This isn't about trying to convince people that, you know, we have a major racial problem in the United States. We still do. We are not going to convince people that we are going to abolish police. That is not happening. We are not going to be having a debate about whether or not Tyree Nichols did anything wrong. What is most important here to remember is that we have a country that is desperate. We have a law enforcement system that is set up to protect the very powerful. It's very much like the FBI, the NSA, and especially the CIA. You know, when the Democrats, one of the signature policies that President Biden was touting as being great was creating an extension of the IRS. 87,000 agents over the next decade were gonna be hired. It's already been proven that the intent of what those IRS agents are gonna do is to just make life more hell for working people in this country. They never go after the rich and powerful, ever. The only time the rich ever get their comeuppance is if they screw with other rich people. That's it. That's the only way they get in trouble. You can steal, lie, cheat, do all those things to working class people. White, brown, black, don't matter. If they're working class, if they're especially if they're poor working class, eh, the hell with them. And if they're cheating the IRS, oh boy, you better believe we're coming for you. Now, of course, you have tax cheats at the top of the worst kind. They've been screwing us over for decades and decades and decades. The only tax that I'm a big proponent of is the top marginal tax rate. That's the tax that I'm in favor of. Why? Because remember, the overwhelming majority of people that have so much control, once they get to a certain point of financial success, they're not doing work anymore. Now, the argument is that, well, they earn that work. Well, to yes, to a degree they have, but you are not benefiting your, your labor force. Your labor force is what allows you to sit on your ass and not have to work. So let's balance it. How do you do that? The top marginal tax rate before Reagan was 72%, which means the effective tax rate 
that the wealthy were actually paying in terms of their overall income, they were paying in excess of about, I think it was like 30 to 35%, somewhere, they may be even a little lower than that. And so if the rich have to give up a third of their money, again, when, they, when the rich say they're giving up half their money, it's not true. So don't buy that for a second. And I know this because a member of my family works in a state plan. So I can assure you it's not what you think. But the truth is they would rather not pay anything if they could get away with it. And so with that said, the top marginal tax rate today is at about, I think it's 37% somewhere around there. If it was at 72%, uh, you know, it, it, it to me, I, I'm, I'm really of the mind that a lot of these problems are easily correctable but we have to be uniting around these core issues going forward. It's important. I didn't listen to the interview. Uh, uh, Paris, uh, I don't, again, this is a part of me where, you know, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with banning inheritance. I just think, you know, again, the problem with inheritance is that the estate tax, which has basically been abolished, is to protect uh, generational wealth from ever having to do anything to basically just sit on their ass and not, you know, have to account for, you know, people always want to complain about people with not, you know, two, you know, co- you know, uh, quarters to rub together, two nickels to rub together that they, you know, have to pay uncle Sam. Well, the rich don't want to pay uncle Sam. And that's why one of the lasting legacies of the worst kind when it came to George W. Bush was that he eliminated these state tax. Yeah. People forget I don't, but that was a big one. And so I think a lot of these problems that we're fighting right now are easily correctable, but there has to be some form of a unification when it comes to the left or just just populism and working class people. Forget the left. It's just working class. That's what needs to happen. Yep. And again, double K and, and everybody who subscribes to modern monetary theory, and I, and I believe in it as well. What you have to remember is very important that with lack of taxation, there's a lack of balance. We don't have balance. The devaluing comes from the fact that when it's, when it's money that is spent into the economy, when you're not getting taxes back, the val- the, the, there is a devaluing of the currency that ends up happening. I'm not the best person to speak on this. You know, obviously, friend of the show, Steve Grumbine, really knows his stuff. Um, it isn't a question of taxing the rich because that's what's going to allow us to pay for things. That's not how it works. But you tax the rich. Because that's how you create the balance. The hoarding of wealth is possible because the tax code is completely effed up. That's a fact. And unless we're willing to fix that problem, you know. Zenny, great to have you here. Uh, Hopefully you subscribe, click the bell, and join us on Monday at 9 p.m. Love for you to hear uh, Jen Perlman, my my podcast partner, I think you'll really get a kick out of her. 
Make sure to smash that like button if you haven't already. You know, I've often said that politics is not complicated, people are. So when everyone is looking at, let's say, police brutality and what happened with Tyree Nichols and why these things happen, look, there's always going to be crime. There's always going to be abuse of power. But if there are levers in place to protect working citizens from this becoming something much worse than it already is, in fact, we, you know, lowering the flame, so to speak, the only way something like that's going to happen is if we get serious about the core issues that we agree on. I would imagine that most people, regardless of whether you are abolish the police or the police can do no wrong, wherever you fall on that spectrum, I would like to believe, just as a thought, if the police commit a crime that they've been proven to be at fault for, should the police be financially responsible or should the taxpayers be responsible? I would imagine that just about everybody would say the police should be financially responsible, not the taxpayers. That's what ending qualified immunity is. Is that going to completely solve police problems in this country? No. Would it help a lot? Yes. It's as simple as saying we need to remove the for-profit middlemen in between us and our doctors. And I don't want to hear anybody talking about, well, you know, I don't want the government controlling health care. No, it's single-payer health care. It means it's our decision to fund a health care system as a collective nation. The government is simply funding it. They are not running it. Those doctors that are still making a great amount of money, that's going to continue. Why? Because they're great at their job. And now more than ever, if you really want to see the free market work, have a universal health care system. Then it's all about who the best doctors are because their backlogs will go for months. People know who the good ones are. They'll always rise to the top. That's like anything. That's the difference when somebody's talking about what type of a universal health care system are we talking about. We're talking about a single payer system. Reducing poverty will reduce crime. Having a living wage, even if you want to have universal basic income, especially for stopgap points where it's absolutely necessary. There have been pilot programs that have been tested in many parts of the country, including California and South Carolina, and they have worked. Helping people put money in their pockets, they will spend it back into the economy. It just happens. Legalizing drugs will reduce crime. And, you know, again, this is where there are multiple issues where progressives and libertarians literally intersect completely like that. And the drug war is one of them. It's a great idea, Roger. You know, we had community banks here in Florida, but they, I, I, you know, even to this day, I don't even know what the exact circumstances were regarding what actually ended up happening. If they were just completely removed uh, or they, I think they were bought out, but who wants a community bank? I mean, I want a community bank. Anyone with common sense would want a community bank. But they're not open 24-7. They, you know, you have to meet with a teller, you know, normal stuff. Why do you want a living wage? Why do we want a living wage? Why do we want tuition-free public college and trade schools? Because we want people to be self-sufficient. We don't want them dependent on the government for aid. That's the whole point of a living wage. Don't believe the propaganda about what the big business owner wants. We do not have a balanced tax system. The idea that Amazon 
is allowed to go into communities as well as Walmart all over the United States, completely devastate the working class, remove the mom and pop shops, bring in the big box stores that have no community ties whatsoever. They are not investing back in the communities. They are definitely not paying a living wage. And they're not getting any benefits, much less health care. That's the problem. That's why, as I said on the Status Quo Megastream, we need Chris Smalls all over the country. We need a whole bunch of Chris Smalls popping up everywhere. It's not easy to continue that fight. It really isn't. Jeff Bezos will spend the rest of his days trying to stop any type of a unionized effort on Amazon's workplace. Same with Howard Schultz with Starbucks. Same with the Waltons for the Walmarts. They don't care. They also have the biggest carbon footprint. Let's not forget about that. Flying private jets for 20, 30 minutes in each direction just because they don't feel like traveling with the rest of the scum, as they would probably say. So much of what we try to do is just common sense. That's where a lot of the problems lie. Would Tyree Nichols be alive today if it wasn't for qualified immunity being removed? I don't know. But I'd like to think that there would certainly be a significant difference in terms of how it would be done. And double case, right? We need better labor laws. That's why 10% of the population of the workforce is part of a labor union. That's the lowest it's ever been. Ever. The lowest it's ever been is right now 10%. With everything that's popping up all over the country right now, why do you think people are so desperate to form unions? Because unions are being destroyed everywhere. Everywhere. That's not good. And we got a, we got a lot of work to do. Capitalism is definitely a problem. You're not going to remove capitalism in the United States. But what you could do is create a hybrid system. That's possible. And I actually think it could be done. It just depends on how it's phrased. But the most successful countries in the world have a combination of capitalism with socialism. That's the most successful. Where the citizens are taken care of, there is a balance in the free market. That is the best you could hope for. And maybe, just maybe, we might get there if people finally get their freaking act together. And it starts in some ways with independent media figuring out how to work together in conjunction with the key issues that we're all fighting for. Getting rid of right to work laws would definitely help. We have that here in Florida. It's in Wisconsin. It's all over the United States in many places. But remember, the biggest reason that the Democratic Party has ceded so much to conservatism is because they know that there is a working class uprising happening in this country right now, and they're trying to fend it off. It's the same reason why the military industrial complex, while it controls both parties, its power base has shifted to the Democratic Party. They know. They knew how dangerous Bernie was. They knew how powerful his message was and how it was resonating and how they had to do everything to squash it. And I know we all wish Bernie would have fought harder. I certainly am one of them. But I also know that he fought as hard as he thought he could in terms of what he was comfortable and capable of. We must recognize now 
that there are limitations to what we can do outside of the two-party system in terms of third parties. But in terms of a political movement, that's where it's going to happen. It's not going to happen inside the two-party system. It's going to happen from outside. And it's going to happen with labor. That's the only way. Labor is the great equalizer. It is how we're going to get this done. I really believe that this is the only way that we're going to save ourselves. It's going to happen with a labor movement outside of the two-party system. If that's what Shama Sawant is up to with workers strike back, then that's what needs to be supported. Forget the People's Party, forget the Green Party, forget the Libertarian Party, and even forget the Forward Party. If the message clear as day is support 100% a labor revolutionary movement, then that's the ticket. That's where it needs to be done. The message is pretty simple in many ways. Living wage, right to form a union, universal health care, clean environment, civil liberties protected, criminal justice reform, and obviously we can have a conversation regarding foreign policy. And obviously that would involve top of the list, ending endless wars and reducing military spending by more than 10%, which the GOP managed to pull off, not the Democrats. So that's where it's at. I agree. In many ways, Bernie knew he would not be the nominee and maybe he didn't want to expose the system too hard as to create total chaos in the country. But we're so close to it anyway. People don't trust the electoral system like they once did or if they ever did, but now it's just so wide open. I still believe that DeSantis is most likely gonna be the president in 26, uh, 24, excuse me. I don't wanna look too far ahead. In the meantime, we need to be fighting on the ground locally and building as big a coalitions as we can with working people across the board. That's what Status Quo is doing. That's what we try to do here on our show. And for those of you who are here supporting, we're very grateful for that. We really are. If you're so inclined and you like what we have to, to say, please go to patreon.com forward slash generational change. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a supporter of our great show. $10 a month will get you the Lulu sticker and Mansion Parliamentarian bumper sticker. As you can see, these two things are really, really wonderful. And for the very, very generous, $25 a month will get you the Tri-Blend Generational Change shirt. Uh, it's a baseball jersey style shirt. I happen to love it. The Tri-Blend is muy perfecto. Uh, here's a list of all the wonderful people who have supported our channel. But if you are so inclined and you do not want to put your personal information up, you can go to Cash App. That is where we will accept straightforward donations. Gen Change is where you can make that contribution. Michael, that's a good question. Why do I think black, well, again, I can't speak for the black community, obviously, but why do I think, you know, uh, who are skeptical, skeptical of uh, socialism? Well, I think the, the message that's been very effective when it comes to socialism is this idea that the, well, let me put it another way. Socialism has always been directly affiliated with communism. 
which I do not agree with. I do not support communism, frankly, in almost any capacity. And there's a reason for that. I don't believe in communal ownership of property, but that's me. Uh, as far as socialism is concerned, socialism is basically a system that allows for worker power, worker co-ops, workers control over means of production. Now, in a hybrid system, what you would have is essentially this. You would have, you would have workers and shareholders on equal footing. That's what would happen. That's the hybrid system that, that I would seek. The country as it stands today, in terms of how far we've fallen, it looks like this. Here's the pendulum. Here's 10 to, to one. This is shareholders, this is workers. When it comes to the economic structure and political structure of the United States. Shareholders, workers. The number, tens here, ones here, this is where it is. Workers are at about a one, one and a half. Shareholders are about an eight and a half to a nine. That's the balance as it is today. That doesn't work and it never will. And while we're constantly bickering and fighting and going back and forth, trying, uh, it's not going to work if there isn't a balance. That's why, especially because the Democratic Party has completely failed because they've been completely co-opted by corporate special interests as the Republican Party has. The attitude is that rather than be continue to be convinced that the Democrats are actually going to help you, there is a very strong populist right message that is building momentum significantly within the GOP right now. You know, the most loyal voting bloc in the Democratic Party is not the black community, it's black women. But in the, I know in the 2016 election, Trump got, I think it was like 11 or 12% of the black vote. And I think it was similar, it might've been like 13 or 14% in 2020. What percentage of that do you think was black men? I guarantee you, probably 20 to 25%. It was high. Black women are universally loyal to the Democratic Party. They just are. But there's a lot of black men who aren't listening anymore. And they're going off in their own direction. And their attitude is, which I believe, is, well, if we're stuck with a capitalist system, then I'm going to fight for what I can get out of this system. And the Republican Party is telling me that that's how it can be done. The Democratic Party isn't, and I'm tired of listening to a bunch of bullshit. Now, of course, you're getting bullshit from both sides. You're not getting any truth because they're all captured by corporate special interests. But at least from the Republicans' perspective, their attitude is get it while you can. And they don't care what your color is. Now, are there racist bigots within the GOP? Absolutely. There's racist bigots in the Democratic Party too. You're just not willing to admit it. But believe me, they are. I've worked in a lot of lines of work where I can assure you, racism is everywhere. It's everywhere. And it's with people who claim to be the most woke, liberal supporters of social justice that you could possibly imagine. In many cases, they're even bigger bigots than everybody else. Why? Because they're the ones who make sure that only certain people get to move into their neighborhoods. That's the truth. So 
Do I think that people have grown restless? Yes, I do. And I think that the only way that this problem is going to course correct is if the labor movement goes so strong that it can literally shift elections. Now, if that were to happen, there's no telling where it can go. Roger, excellent point. This is also a generational, with a J, divide. You know, when the, when the splits were happening during the 2016 election in particular to start, it was pretty clear that the age at that time, the cutoff was about 45 to 50. Well, it just depends on where you would cut the line. But it was like everyone who was under the age of 45 was supporting Bernie Sanders at like an 80 plus percent clip. Those that were over 45, they were supporting Hillary at an 80 plus percent clip. And that in many ways defined this generational divide because it's very real. And so it would be one thing uh, The Democrats do not promote entrepreneurship. I, I, I don't think that I don't think they promote it at all. What what the Democrats uh, unfortunately promote is I, I forgot who brought this up the other day, uh, and this has more to do with the Democratic leadership. Uh, they promote uh, higher education which we believe in, but they don't support tuition-free public college. They promote the managerial class, but they certainly don't support small business. That is not something that I see as being really noteworthy in democratic politics. It is on the GOP side. Honestly, I don't think the Democratic Party stands for anything. I think that they're just caught in no man's land at this point. They know that there is a working class revolution of sorts that's brewing in this country. And they're doing everything in their power to fend it off. Why? Because their party is wholly funded by Wall Street and Silicon Valley. And so when that happens, you have to choose. You can't be party of Wall Street and a party of Main Street. You have to choose. The Democratic Party has chosen. They are the party of Wall Street, as is the GOP. The GOP is at least willing to invite people in to try to perpetuate the broken system as long as they can. It's like a rat race. Eventually, what you're going to find out is that there isn't enough life rafts to save your ass. That's the problem. So here we are trying to figure out how we're going to save ourselves. I ask each and every one of you, final message before we depart for the evening. If you currently support a channel, whatever it is, uh, think for a moment about, you know, if you are watching any progressive channel, any just any independent media channel, whoever they are, obviously it's not just us. I am sure you guys who are going to see this have watched all different types of channels out there. If the channel in question is not promoting labor solidarity or on the ground reporting like what Jordan Chariton is doing with status quo. Stop supporting them. Because if the mission is to fix this nation that we desperately are trying to fix, it's not going to happen 
with people who make videos about other creators making a video about another creator who's making a video about another creator. Or the Steven Crowders, Ben Shapiro's, Dave Rubens of the world. They're not helping you and they never will. In fact, they think you're all suckers and they're laughing as they roll to the bank with your money and your views and your time. Don't give it to them anymore. And I'm not saying that you could be giving the time and the money to us. That's not our mission. Our mission is to help grow this movement. If you want to contribute to us financially, we certainly welcome it. But only if you feel that the mission that we're fighting for is one that is going to better our situation in this country. If we turned into a show that was only here to gossip about pointless bullshit, let us have it. And then we should lose our viewers because that's not why we're here. We're here to make a difference. And I certainly hope that for each and every one of you that it, it's, um, it's at least worth your time to be here supporting our cause. Transforming politics into service is everything. And that service starts with labor. And that is the fight that needs to happen. And much as the labor movement needs us in every which way possible, we need them too. If you want to have real labor revolution in the United States, one example of being able to do that is to end qualified immunity. Hold the police accountable, but also recognize that we do need law enforcement in the United States. If you want to hold them accountable, make it worth their while. And the way you make it worth their while is you hit them in their pockets. That's it. That's the only way. Politics is not complicated. It's really not. People are complicated. But politics, it's, it's, a, it's an easy game to see. It really is. When you remove the blinders, especially if you play for Team Blue or Team Red, trust me, it's not hard at all. And most people agree on most stuff. They just do. The people who get the loudest voices in the room oftentimes are the people that are being the most tribalistic and that sells. And again, the YouTube algorithm plays a big role in that. I'd love to have 20 supporters being, I'd love to have 20 viewers be 200 viewers or 2000 viewers or 20,000 viewers, which is sort of amazing when you consider some of these other shows. But you know, we do what we can with what we got. And for each and every one of you that are here that have supported our show for a while, we're extremely appreciative and always will be. So with that said, make sure you tune in Monday night, 9 p.m. We will be speaking with none other than State Senator Chevron Jones, who is at the forefront of the fight right now here in the state of Florida against Governor DeSantis regarding whether or not AP African-American studies should be taught in school. Ridiculous as it is that we even have to have this conversation, but it is the state we're in, Florida, and we have a governor who is trying to lead a war path right to the White House. We'll see, uh, but there does not seem to be anything in his way that is going to stop that at this point. Best we can do is continue the fight through labor to build for a better future. That is the best shot we have right now. With that said, thank you all. It has been a very lively chat for 45 minutes. You guys have been amazing. Double K, love you so much. Thank you so much for your amazing support. And anybody else who is here, Lana, great to have you. Michael, thank you so much for your super chats. Really means a lot. Uh, 
And of course, if any of you are so inclined, remember patreon.com forward slash generational change. You can obviously support our efforts there. We are very grateful for each and every one of you that does support our cause. And of course, if you are so inclined, you do not want to put your credit card into uh, the database uh, to be billed regularly. You can obviously go to Cash App and sponsor us there for however much you want, but any amount is certainly appreciated. Uh, but with that said, Monday night, 9 p.m., State Senator Chevron Jones. Thank you all for being here. See you Monday night. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.